When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Oh, how's everybody? Oh, you know, big Friday show. Big. What's why is this one big? Well, there's lots. I mean, there's lots to talk about. Um, and we've got a you know the outdoor game is this weekend in Hamilton. It is. Yeah, I. Um, a bunch of people said that we got the go train stop wrong. What was the go train stop we said? So, uh, Aldershot used to be the last go train stop in on the line, uh, for going west Lakeshore West Line. Aldershot used to be the last uh stop, but they added one. They added an extension. So you can go deeper into Hamilton. Now there's a Hamilton West, I think. I forget what it's called. Ooh. And that's the to... one. They say it's a 10-minute walk from the GO train? Yeah. We'll Uber. And I, I want to show... I don't know about that. That walking we, through Hamilton. We will definitely Uber. Um, I, <laughs> On I, a I, Sunday in the cold. The, the thing... Yeah, it's not about <laughs> Hamilton. It's no, about, no, no. It's about... I'm, I don't want to walk in the cold weather. At, on my Sunday? I'm not walking. What is this? This is no. a weekend. On your Sunday? Yeah. On my Sunday. I'm, I'm not walk walking. On the Lord's Day. Or I'm going to going to a game. Nah. Yeah. Make it easy for me. Even Jesus took an Uber on. Take, I'm, taking the day off. Come on. Yeah. Um, I, I I do want to say. You ever heard about the three wise men in an Uber? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very uh, just like dad excuse. Mazda. Dad, I want to play catch. Oh, it's Sunday. Exactly. <laughs> like there's just so I can't. So, I can't. It's Sunday. I want to shout out all the listeners who messaged me like in my DMs. Personally, and there had to be 20, 20 or, 20 or more okay. people who were like, hey, I have a house near there. Come park in my driveway. You're, you're joking. Dri- I'm not oh, kidding. If we were to got, drive down. Yes. Yeah. I got DM after DM after DM like, hey, you know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable or whatever. I promise I won't take pictures of your driver's, uh, your, um, your license plate. But like, come park in our driveway if you want to. And somebody else said, hey, I actually rent out my front lawn and people park on it. Yeah, and they a, said, but we'd give you, we'd reserve you a spot. That's a huge thing downtown for when the X is going on. If yeah. you uh, if you live like South Dufferin Street, you could just uh, rent out your your front lawn there, wherever you have parking, just pay like ten bucks to whoever, and they can park there. Uh, people were parking on my parents' street for um, the Raptors parade because they they don't live anywhere near downtown mm-hmm. or where the parade is, but they live near a go station. Right. And and you had to be downtown for that. The earth went down that day. And uh yeah. Did they just, make any money? Oh, no. Ah, we gotta get we gotta inject some capitalism into your parents. I agree. <laughs> Let's what take was advantage. The weirdest one you got. The weirdest one? I don't yeah. think none of them were weird. They were all about the same, like, hey, I don't wanna be weird. I oh. know this is an odd thing. Yeah. But uh, but if you know, if you wanted to, you could park on the front lawn or whatever, and and uh, we wouldn't charge you or whatever. It was suit like 
I was genuinely blown away, and I really appreciate it. But as Jesse said, we don't walk on the Lord's Day. No. Right? No. Adam, you can park in my driveway for the low, low cost of feet pics from you. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Does yeah. your, uh, are you sitting in the stands or in the press box? Still don't know. I oh. think, I think, I'm going to be walking around. Right? No, you wouldn't just hang on the press box with uh, you wouldn't CJ. watch the game. I, I'm gonna have a long day. Like I think I'm gonna be there like at like noon. Mm-hmm. So so we isn't this in oh, 48 why? hours? What do you mean you? We think? have stuff to do as well. Do oh. we? No, I do. But we have stuff to do. I gotta do stuff for the tickets. Oh, like, I don't just get tickets. Oh, oh are you an influencer now? <laughs> I, I have to do oh, stuff for the tickets. Wait a second, my date to the, to the outdoor game is an influencer? That's pretty cool. I'm gonna have my shoes off. They're gonna be <laughs> sockless. Just feet pics. Oh, I, oh, well, I yeah. hope your dogs yeah. aren't barking. <laughs> no, I, I got a pedicure and they're good. Damn. Yeah. That's, That's why so... I can't walk. You gotta okay. keep the feet fresh. Yeah. That's, okay. Good point. <laughs> now that you explain it, I get yeah, it. I don't, we don't need those, no Hobbit feet no. for that. Um, well, and you you know who's going to be there? Who? Only fans. No, okay. That's, that's what. That's, if, you're, that's that's a good one. if you want to sit outside, you're a you're a fan. That's a good it's, point. I, I won't take anything else. Boo. Stop it. <laughs> Boo. Boo this man. Why? Stop. Are it. We, we should uh, we should watch go watch Willow. Willow's performing uh, pregame. Is she? Oh yeah, she's pregame, and Alessia Cara is, is uh, intermission. Yeah, yeah. You can do that one TikTok song. <laughs> is Alessia Carr the intermission, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Okay, Brampton Zone. Um, I uh, I wanted to throw this out there. Um, just an update on the Heart Trophy race, which I believe right now is game to game. That's how tight this is. We got Austin Matthews, we got Igor Shosturkin, and only one of them allowed four goals on seventeen shots last night. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh. I just want to know. I just want to know where all the Rangers fans at. You know, I got a lot of hate. A lot of hate after last episode because here's the thing. We, I was going after Connor McDavid and Rangers fans got pissed off because I wasn't mentioning Igor Shosturkin. Oh, yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, they've been all over me about it. And right up until the start of last night's game, I had tons of, you know, people just like to send me his, his picture. They like to send me pictures of him making saves, his, his percentages, so, how I'm stupid, what whatever. behind him? Hey! hey. Yeah. And hey. Then, so here was, here was the argument from Rangers fans last night. And this is how I know you guys are losing. Um, the, they, of the four goals, they said like only, only one of them was really Shosturkin's fault. The rest of it was definitely the defense. Oh, you're treating him like Hutchinson. Yeah. That's great. A hundred percent. Yeah. Or Mrazic I just, I just, listen, I, I hope, I hope that, that Igor Shosturkin doesn't think about this, but he might be thinking that the pressure is clearly on. Listen, whether you, whether you agree with Adam or you don't, you have to respect his ability to rent a blimp that says I'm right on the side of it <laughs> and fly it every time something goes his I, way. Listen, I, I'm just, people are asking the question, and I think rightly so, yeah. will Igor Shosturkin fold? Adam changed his name will, to people. Will he get crushed under the pressure? People are asking the question. People are saying it. You have to ask the question. You ha- one has to ask, yeah. and game to game, Matthews won last night's game. Wow. Also, if the Edmonton Oilers go on a run and make the playoffs, McDavid's winning MVP. Like well, that's, that's going to be the narrative because the narrative is what's going to win the award, right? And if McDavid wins the uh, Art Ross, they go say they go on an eight-game winning streak to close out the year. They make the playoffs, and everyone's like, "Oh, Connor carried the team." Then he's going to probably unfairly win the Hart Trophy. So it's not rule of I don't just think yet. I, I, you know, again, I, I think that 
Connor McDavid is just such a phenomenally talented hockey player, but I don't think this is his year. I think it is a two-horse race, honestly. Like, I know I love to gear Rangers fans, but I honestly think it's Matthews. You don't and, think he can get back into it? I'm sure he can, but if we talk, if it ended today, yeah. can Connor McDavid get back in any race ever? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, yeah. there's 30 games left. There's yeah. a lot of season. There's yeah. a lot of runway. There's so much damn season. Yeah. We're not even at the trade deadline. I know. Like, it's oh. still going. That's true, and that's why I wonder about how Shosturkin's going to hold up down the stretch. Well, I mean, he hasn't even played 40 games yet, and he's already letting four goals in and 17 shots. Adam, I think the answer is obvious. He won't. So. <laughs> I want to read you a headline. Read it. I want to read you a headline from The Athletic. Don't read it anymore. This is the Maple Leafs report cards. This might be Tic Tac Tomar. I'm not sure if he did this one or not. Ooh. The, the, the headline okay. is, the Leafs went with, you can't blow the lead if you never have one approach, and wound up with a 5-4 loss to the Coyotes. <laughs> that sounded like Omar to me, but I'm not sure it's him. That does sound like Omar. does have Omar's sense of humor on it. Mm. Um, so, listen. Uh, here's how bad I knew it was. I hadn't watched the game yet. And I get... I, I look at my phone and I got five different text messages, including two or three back and forth between Jesse and Steve. And again, this is like five minutes in. And it Jesse goes, Dear God, Morazic. And Steve, you said something to the effect of what you, t- what you tweeted later on last night, which is pull him and never let him see the ice again. Yes. Now, is it actually that bad when it comes to Peter Morazic? No, that's something that you tweet in anger. Um, <laughs> but here, here's what I know. Okay. You know, we've had a lot of conversations recently that pertain to the moments, right? Mm-hmm. Matthews, better than McDavid. Yeah. In this moment, sure. in general, eh. But in this moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know two things for sure. Peter Morazic is an NHL goalie. That's number one. Yep. Number two is no, he's not. So his contract says he is. His contract says he is, and his resume says he is. Like, okay, he had abnormally good numbers last year because Carolina. I mean, one thing we can say with certainty because of all the goalies that have gone through that team over the last couple of years. Um, they make a goalie's life easier. <laughs> Do they ever? Like, I'm not taking anything away from Freddie, but yeah. Morazic and Nedeljkovic were amazing, and both those goalies on different teams stink. They took... They they were... that that's That was some Biggie versus Tupac shit last night between Morazic and Nedeljkovic. That was... Uh, Morazic just decided to not be in his net at all. And what do we Nadelkovich, say about goaltenders? Tend the goal. Mm-hmm. Tend the goddamn. He doesn't know. He doesn't know where the net is, and it's so. That's what I've been saying. I highly doubt Morazic gives a, a damn what I have to say. But other people are talking about his his foot placement. One foot is clearly way ahead of the other. Yeah, his right foot is always ahead of his left foot. And there are supposedly he's already done that. But his fundamentals are so poor Mm -hmm. at the moment that you look at his career and you're like, how have you played? Like, how many games has Mrazek played? I will look that up for you. Please keep going. Because it's impossible. It's impossible he's played that many games. 291 games. I don't believe you. Which is for a goalie. That's like 500 games for a player is like 250 for a goalie, right? It's, 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 yeah. yeah like there's a real, a season or something if you're a starter. Yeah. yeah. There's a real good chance he's going to hit 300 games this season. 
Most goalies don't. Most goalies don't hit 300 games. That's a shitload of games. Yep. If Shulgren hits 300 games, uh, that's amazing, Kyle. Great job signing that European free agent who played 300 games for you. So he, we know he's better than this. The jury's out on is he good? You know, is he league average? Perhaps just a couple ticks below. You know, maybe. Let me run you through his save percentage since 12-13 uh, when he started. Hmm. First season, 9-2-2. Second hey. season, 9-2-7. Hey. And this is when the Red Wings started to be shitty and, and uh, after the lockout. And this is Babs last year, 9-18. Babs first year with the Leafs, so 9-21, he's Red Wings. And then falls to a 9-0-1, but the Red Wings are garbage in 16-17. Right. And... He kind of rebounds the next year, 9-10. Hey. And then with the Flyers, when he gets traded halfway through the season, it's an 8-91. Oh. So it's a 9-10 with an 8-9-1. Probably around 9-02 he finished. 18-19, Carolina, 9-14. 19-20, Carolina, 9-05. Last season in Carolina, hey. only 12 games, but a 9-23. Yeah, like, he's not... Th- what he's is not he this right, bad. Right, what is he right now? 8-84. 8-84, read his record. His record is 10-5. Where does the Leafs are unreal? Where do you think 884 ranks among all goaltenders who have made at least 15 starts? At least 15. It has to be. It's got to be top, bottom five. But but like a couple of the Devils goaltenders have to be in there, right? Yeah, they're just bad. They've had some unusual names start a lot of games, and Nedeljkovic has been so bad. Man, that goal last night where he's trying to clear it with the back end of Mm -hmm. the paddle and clears it right into his own net. The goalie own goal. Oh, my God. Net accomplished. Oh. I think mm, I'm going to say last. An 884 save percentage on the season is dead last yep. among netminders who have appeared in at least 15 games. So that's he's the worst goalie in the National Hockey League right now this entire season. And by save percentage. I don't think him and the Leafs are a wonderful match. Like their styles do not gel at all. That's a failure of scouting but it's also between the ears um i think it was Frege pointed out in the broadcast last night there was like an easy catch that he just fumbled and that dictated the entire rest of the game and now sheldon keith is faced with okay so for the next two weeks i don't have my starter the next game is outdoor at a football stadium do i start this guy who has had bad games before he'll be fine but he's also really fragile right now. Or do I give Eric Shulgren his first ever in front of and, like 40,000 people outside? Yeah. And Sheldon Keefe slipped up uh, after the game. And surprisingly, it wasn't against the refs. He said he wanted to pull Mrazic after the second goal. Yeah. And the only reason he didn't is because he didn't want to put Shulgren in that position, which means Mrazic was that bad. He And he saw it. He saw it after that second goal. The second goal was, was ridiculous. Like, how slow can that puck be going and it's still true? Yeah, that net? was... Like, somebody's got to step on the puck. Like, Everyone gets one, right? First sure. goal, trash. Everyone gets one. You know, Not everyone gets two, and they especially don't get two in the opening five mm-hmm. minutes. Two things worry me about this. Because as fans, you know, you never hear players turning on their goalie. You never hear coaches really turning on their goalie. Right, you never you hear rumors of it, but you don't you don't hear it. Right. A couple of things that worried me last night: Keith's post game comments, where he basically did everything he could not to say Peter Morazic blew it. 
Because they were talking about, hey, this is his first chance to really grab the crease, right? This is very obviously a mandate, too, with the team. Yeah. To speak positively. Yeah, yes. don't blame guys in the media. Yeah. Because then the Toronto media is just going to jump on that. He and, slipped up. And, and he they're right. And, but, he, and he doubled down. He's like, uh, the, the goalie didn't give us a chance to win. Like, he, he said it without saying it. Yeah, he but... said it was really tough. Yeah. Is the, it was tough is the for quote. the guys. It was really tough. Yeah. Here's the thing that got me. On, I believe it was the second goal, Wayne Simmons gets a he 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 got a close up and you see him say are you fucking kidding me really you actually can see, see it the tw the video is floating around online oh boy uh, i need no, to see this well hold on let me see if i can find I it just, no i'm going to yard sale the whole show <laughs> all right so my two co-hosts are on their phones uh, uh I'll be taking over no no i'm be doing I'm half an hour on pokemon <laughs> no, you got to have me for that you got to have me for that <laughs> so you know, that was, uh, there was, a, I forget who had it, but somebody had it in one of those like gift replays and you could see Wayne Simmons say it Ugh. like while he looks up. Now, were him and Morazic teammates in Philly? Philly. I think they might have briefly been. Maybe. But that to me is kind of scary. And that's why I tweeted last night. You have to wonder if this changes the Leafs trade deadline plans. Remember, they were only going to get one player and it was going to be defense. But if you've got Wayne Simmons saying, you got to be fucking kidding me, that seems to me like a team that's not going to play like itself in front of their goaltender because they don't trust their goaltender. Well, Who? Who's the guy? It's, what about it? The list is Marc-Andre Fleury, who's probably not going to come. Uh -huh. Braden Holtby, if you want to go that route. Or the guy Ottawa shouldn't trade, Anton Forsberg, because he's on fire and has an unbelievable season. He's only 29. That's the guy. Is, no, but if, why would they ever trade him? Uh, Dubas they are dumb. is going to have to put on like a Hamburglar mask for that, <laughs> for that heist. Yeah. And there's a very outside chance of Yara Halak mm. getting out of Vancouver, but I really don't think so. But like, you want someone, like, you know who would be adequate? Someone with the career numbers of Peter Morazic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's why I hope he's an answer, I guess. But he's not really. Nah, That's man. why I'm like, okay, Dubas has got to do something. But who? Who? And let's speak in context here, right? Is the Leafs are a point behind. Healthy? He's okay. The Leafs he, are a point he's behind. No, he's not. Okay. But what? We're, was, we're talking about the goalies. I know, and I was trying up. to give context to that. What? The okay. Leafs are a point behind the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who play the Oilers tonight? Big game. Yeah. Or Saturday. They are six points behind Florida. Catchable. Yep. Where's the Bruins? Bruins, 75 points. Leafs have 79 points. They've played the same amount of games. They're two games away from playing awesomeness Florida. or disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Toronto well, Maple Leafs okay. experience. Let me ask you this. Now, listen, they have to figure this out. I don't doubt. I, for not for a minute do I doubt that. That's so not fair. But let's say Boston and Tampa had to beat the crap out of each other in the first round and we had to play Florida. Good. Oh, I would love that. That would be preferable, wouldn't it? To playing Boston or Tampa? In terms of stylistic matchups, I think that's probably what's best for the Leafs. There are no good options. I, someone tweeted me yesterday, um, eight of the top ten teams in the league are in the East. Like, really? You know, look at that up. Why? Why? Well, it's just the, it's the way it is. Uh, one, two, yeah, so, it'd be Colorado and Calgary, the only other two who aren't. If it sounds like Leaf three fans, of the top ten, three. Okay, so it updated after last night. If if it sounds like Leaf fans are being really hard on the team, dude, that's the standard they're being held to. 
They're among, listen, despite everything, they're among the elites. Mm -hmm. So there's an elite expectation or there's an elite benchmark. Yep. Yep. We're, for the better part of the last two or three months, their first round opponent has been the back-to-back -back reigning Stanley Cup champions. That's the benchmark. And right now we're talking <laughs> about do we play Mrazic or a right. rookie? They put up an interesting graphic on the on the game last night because knowing where the Leafs are in the standings, like imagine if they had competent goaltending. The graphic they put up was their save percentage by month throughout the yeah. season. We've seen them with it's, competent goaltending. They didn't lose. <laughs> October, 893. November, 953. They're unbelievable they, November. They won 14 of 16. The rest of the season, 893, 890, 889, 848. They haven't had 900 save percentage outside of one month this entire season. And look where they are in the standings. The, Imagine the, if they had a decent goalie. How much better would their defense look if they had a goalie who had a uh, uh, not so, sorry, a higher than 900 save percentage. Yeah. Like, well, they're still be, fifth in the league. You you need need do you saves. need to get a good defenseman? You need a handful of saves. Okay, here, here. I want to play a fun game. Do it. Dame, you watched the game. I did. You watched the game. Who was the goalie for the Coyotes? Uh, Wedgwood. Wedgwood, but Guy. Adam didn't know. Guy. Scott Wedgwood? Get Scott Wedgwood. Mm -hmm. Jeff. His nice whole stuff. career is journeyman guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Waiver wire journeyman guy. And he gave them saves. And he's been giving them saves. <laughs> and then he, he floundered in that third period. Yeah, we'll sure talk about did. that in a minute. Yeah. Sure yeah. did. That, we I do mean, need to hit that. Floundered also made like an absurd save. On yeah, he did. Yeah. Like, and the, the OT save on Willie was nice. Like, yep. Yeah. Oh. He, made, he made saves. I That was my biggest reaction of the season, by the way. Oh, yeah. um, I stood up. And I was cheering him on like a, like a, he was a horse at a race <laughs> because Calgren makes makes that unbelievable Shalgren sorry he makes that unbelievable save Matthews feeds Willie for the breakaway and me I want the Leafs to win and I love a good story that's that's the best one Shalgren literally gets an assist on the OT winner. Like I actually, I stood up and I was like, I was like uh, freaking Kramer in Seinfeld when he was cheering on the, d d d d mm -hmm. and he's like smacking him. You're hitting your own ass. Yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Like I was actually like Willie. Subwoofer, subwoofer guy. Sorry, whatever. Subwoofer oh, guy. Really feel bad for him there. Yeah. Um, you did hit it hard. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Yeah, oh. I saw you do that, and I thought that can't feel good. Christ. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, 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 it's like so I you know, cracked a funny bone in my thumb. The anyway, the equipment in here is not soft. Yeah. So anyway. Fuck, I was just trying to smack my own ass. And then anyway, I, you were anyway. smacking your own ass, Willie. You were smacking your own ass <sighs> and watching Willie. Like a drum. Yeah. It was very sad that he got stopped. Yeah. It was very sad that he got stopped. You know, I, I got sad. You know, and I thought, first <laughs> off, his move was spectacular. Wedgwood did make the save. It barely didn't go in. But here's yeah. the, the thing about every that everybody wants to talk about. First off, I want to talk about this comeback. Because mm -hmm. I think, I think lost in the fact that they didn't win last night, is that that comeback was nothing short of amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, so It was like fun. the Columbus one. Like, it, it was reminiscent of that. Yeah. The Columbus one was more spectacular, but, like, this team, anytime they want to just turn it on and come back in any game and put up a pile of goals, they do it. And and it's That's fair to say that their goaltending has sucked yeah. most of the year. And they've done this. It's amazing. Now, uh, Matthew scored again last night. Sorry, Igor Shosturkin fans. Um, Bum. But I thought it was nice to see Pierre Engvall get one in the second period. 
Mm-hmm. Because he's, he has he's, ten goals this year, he's, he's been played pretty good, pretty damn good. I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, um, I'm okay. Willie's goal was great. Alexander Kerfoot, mm-hmm. that Walking kicked shots. everything off, man. There, and he's only got ten this year. I don't know what kind of trade sees him leaving and the team getting better. That's a tough one, man. That's I wish he scored one. more, man. I'll be honest. I agree. I agree. Well, and he's capable of it. And this is, <clears throat> I sort of forgot to get to this in the LFR, but this is a Sheldon Keefe special. Mm-hmm. When a line is struggling, mm-hmm. he separates them and he tries a bunch of different combinations, mm-hmm. none of which work. <laughs> and then he goes back to the old one and they remember how to play together. So his, his coaching strategy when a line is slumping is absence makes the heart grow fonder. And it worked. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, uh, Nick Robertson looked fairly miserable on the bench. Unfortunately, he didn't have a good game. <sighs> Sheldon Keefe seems unnaturally hard on him. Is there a reason for that? And I think Sheldon's it's, a good it's coach. It's not his time. I think Nick Robertson's got a lot to learn before he's an everyday NHL player. Yeah, not well, his time. Interesting. No, okay. it's not his time. Um, and it's a shame. Like he can play. We know he can play. Yeah. Uh, he can and- keep up. But is he, is he making the right decisions? I don't think so. Is he thriving? Right. There's, there's one. There's one shot he took. Uh, he he was skating across the middle of the of the zone, and he just took like a snapshot on the goalie and just went wide. Yeah. I was like, that's a that's a decision play where you have you just don't have the minutes in the National Hockey League where you probably just don't take a snapshot and it goes wide and then the puck's out of the zone. He he threw what uh, could have been a fucking huge hit. Yeah. Um, mm. Someone coming across the middle. I don't know if. He let up, or if he just doesn't have the size to do it. And then, yeah, I didn't even mention the uh, the Tavares pass that was JT was going off the uh, off, and that oh, led, that led directly God. to the third goal for Morazic. Yeah, remember, remember that, he, that was a bad pass from Tavares, right? No, that's no, Nick Tavares. Robertson who was passing the puck to JT, who was going to the at bench, the blue line, but oh, JT couldn't touch the I'm puck. I'm thinking of a different play then. Yeah, so that led to the third Morazic goal. That's probably yeah. why the breakup happened. Yeah, yeah, and then it goes the other way. It was bad. Yeah, it was decision making's not there, but he'll get there. Yeah. Like he has all the talent, of course. In now, in the Morazic conversation, I mean, the team didn't help him in front. Uh, you need saves. Mm-hmm. You yep. need saves. All. Four of those goals, um, and and only if like let's say two of them don't go in, they different win. game. They win. Um, ref blows it for the Leafs in overtime. Terrible. Not okay. a single penalty in the game except for the unsuccessful challenge. Wow. Now I know was it was it Jeff Fayette that tweeted that um the Leafs have are like among the last place team in the hold on I got it right here in our in our text yeah. message conversation yeah I got it. It's pretty. No, yeah, yeah, well, I do got you it. want it? Okay, do you want to get it? You get it. Oh, right, actually, no, I don't got it. Okay, right, I have it. like the third time this show. In penalties, no, drawn, in penalties drawn per 60 the last five years, the Leafs in 17 18, 29th of 31st, 30, 31. 18 19, 31st of 31 teams. 19 20, 25th of 31 teams. 20 21, 23rd of 31 teams. 21 22, 25th of 32 teams. This, this is why. You sound like a silly goose when you're talking about the NHL helping the Leafs. Well, ignore the fact that they haven't won shit ever. Um, or ever won any trophies right. of note either. So where's the highest they are in penalties drawn? 23rd. 23rd the in the last five years. And here's the thing. Oh, God. I'm going to run you through. Five years? So, ch- ta- so Toronto, just to, just to complete this. 29th, 31st, 25th, 23rd, 25th. Here we go again. Tampa, Tampa Bay, 
third, third, seventh, fifth, third. Florida Panthers, ninth, sixth, twelfth, second, second. Carolina, 25th, 8th, 13th, 14th, 12th. And Colorado, first, 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 <laughs> No, he's, first. He's, he's kidding with that one. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I was just, I was going on his team. <coughs> he made the last one up. Isn't that bananas? Like that, that I mean, listen, Bad I don't want to say that, I don't want to say that that Toronto plays a tough game and draws a lot of penalties, or whatever. You, you can make that argument, I guess, but I, I, I actually think it's complete, utter horseshit. Uh, what happened last night with Chikrin and Matthews is objectively a penalty, and the refs saw it, and Matthews yelled at the ref afterwards, and you knew Matthews wanted this game. Yeah. It was against his hometown he team. Was, he was right in front of a linesman, but he darts straight for the ref in the corner. That was the... They saw it. Everybody saw it. There's only six video. players on the ice in overtime. You yeah. could see that. Well, yeah. There's no excuse. So, the, so the one, the one ref at the far end doesn't call it, and the linesman gets in his way. <laughs> so, it's yeah, ba- listen, it's bad league. Um, they they don't talk after the game. They don't answer any questions. It's thanks for your money. Uh, fuck you. Go home. Like it's ridiculous that there isn't some sort of statement or anything. You're not allowed to like listen. Don't put their face or name to it. Fine. Can credentialed NHL media who pay for the rights submit questions and buy, you know, within two hours of final whistle, have their questions answered. Why is the answer to that? No. Act like a league. Just act like it. Like, listen, there might be a lot of uh, scenarios. I'm sure there are lots of scenarios where refs can go, here's what I saw. Here's what I know. You're wrong. You think this is a slam dunk call and it's not, and here's why. They can even use video for it. They do it for suspensions. Why don't they do it for this? Not a league. I like the idea of the two-minute report. Like, even if the refs yes. don't want to answer questions, at least if they file the two-minute report for everybody who doesn't know, the NBA at the, uh, at the last two minutes of the game, they issue corrections if there's any missed calls. They'll issue like, hey, these were the missed uh, calls in the last two minutes of this basketball game. We made a mistake, and that's it. We'll move on. I'd appreciate that in the National Hockey League as well. Maybe the last five minutes of every game, if there's a missed call, they issue a report, and they're like, hey, these are the missed calls, and then you move on. Or how about this? Overtime. (laughs) Bare bare minimum overtime. Overtime report, where if we miss a call, we'll issue a statement. And and they talk about, you know, uh, the popular narrative a couple years ago is the Leafs style does not invite penalties. Hog shit. (laughs) There was a time where I think that might have been true. Last night, there were, I can't remember what the stat was. There were over 60 shots, so it was high event, and 74, I think it was, hits. Wow. Justin Hall, like, broke Christian Fisher's ribs. Oh, yeah. Engvall getting battered in front, and Tavares getting hooked and held, and there was one with Marner, too, and Bunting getting tossed all over the friggin' place. (laughs) There was a, a trip, the, uh that I thought was going against the Leafs clear as day in the third period, I think it was, and then didn't. Well, So, like, this isn't a woe is the Leafs thing, except for the stat that you brought up. But as it pertains to last night's game, that was an infractionless affair? You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. I'm not asking you to, uh, to arbitrarily call penalties. That doesn't help anyone. That's wrong. The old Tim Peel thing. Oh, you know, I was looking to get one for Nashville. Right. I'm not asking you to arbitrarily call penalties. That game 
had at least one infraction per side. They did a bad job. They did a bad job and they should have to answer for it. They did a bad job long before the game got to overtime. And then they ruined the outcome of the game. So they did a bad job for 60 minutes. And then in the few minutes that they did in overtime, they ruined the outcome of the game. They should have to answer for that. And it's a disgrace that they don't have to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, not a leak. I would be interested to see what Tim Peel would say about that. Although he has been decidedly pro refs when I look at his Twitter. Uh, and like, I, I don't blame him for that. But I, I would be like, Tim, you, if he were on this show, I would say, Tim, you, you like refs should have to answer questions too. And by the way, why can't you put a name and a face on there? Uh, well, the, sorry, the face I made, it's not like, ugh, screw Tim No, no, Peel. no, of it's, course not. It's, it's, it's uh, I just don't expect, you know, goalies often stick up for goalies mm -hmm. and uh, refs will, I'm, I, I mean, they see it from the refs. What I was referring to with the name in the face is something you said earlier. Oh, well, they don't have to, they don't have to answer for it. They don't have to put their actual name on it, but why can't they answer the questions? Why not? Well, because I'll tell you why. Because people are nuts. Yeah, but yeah. in every other sport, people like people know Angel Hernandez is a crazy person in baseball. Yeah, everybody knows who Angel Hernandez is. They know. Oh, they know here. the bas the basketball refs. Can we celebrate? Uh, Joe West is no longer an MLB um umpire. Oh, it's, it's a better he, league. Better league retire? today than it was the day before. Yeah. Is he out? Yeah. Yeah. Did he retire? He's or retiring. What oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's bad. And, um, and I also saw that Brad Meyer is retiring at the end of this season, so we can look forward mm -hmm. to the NHL being a safer place. But we genuinely can. Um, <laughs> dangerous rep. Um, but uh, they did a bad job last night, and mm -hmm. uh, I would just like someone, anyone, to act like this is a professional hockey league. Can we do the this? The refs actually had a hat trick this week. Oh, because on <laughs> oh the Matthews non call wasn't even the worst one. No, yeah. no the 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 Wednesday one with Ovi and uh, in also in overtime yes. when Ovi clearly uh, has a hooking call and they don't call it. Um, Capitals go on to win. They score. Like it's it's unbelievable. They don't call that one. And then also last night, um, they throw they gave uh, Gabe Landeskog a game misconduct for talking back to the ref. And for a valid point, by for, the way. Because they missed a call. They blew a call. And uh, can I play uh, his Yeah, sure. He's going to get fined 25 grand for yeah, this, by the way. It's unbelievable. And how, not a word of a lie. How honest he is here in this moment. And a lot of it's defending Nazem Kadri, which is, I love seeing it. You know, like kudos to him for sticking up for uh, Nas, Mr. Bob Ross. But here's uh, Gabe Landeskog post-game after being thrown out of the game. wonder if Wes is going to make a funny TikTok about this one. <laughs> In 11 years, I've never sat and talked about referees in a press conference ever. Uh, I think Wes and TJ Luxmore do a great job tonight, actually, for 50-something minutes of the game. Uh, they call the high stick on Nas on Niederreiter, which might have been a high stick, but Niederreiter falls easy. We're arguing that it's a flop. They say it's still a high stick. Fair enough. Nas gets at 5.50-something five, five on the clock. Niederreiter is hooking Nas up the boards. Um, you know, the puck turns over. We go the other way. They score. We're arguing that it's a hook. They're saying that Nas is flopping. We're arguing it's still a hook, just like they're arguing before. Nas and it's unfortunate because that's a playoff game tonight. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's very unfortunate that it comes down to that. Uh, like I said, I thought Wes and TJ did a great job up to that point. Um, and, you know. It's one of those things where, you know, it's a very competitive game. Power plays don't come come around very often, especially in games like this. And and that's why I'm 
Why? I was happy Wes and TJ did a good job of letting us play all, all game tonight. Um, it's unfortunate it comes down to a bounce like that. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, whether a guy's been suspended numerous times or not, um, what's he going to carry around that heavy, heavy baggage forever? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that TJ and Wes were, you know, didn't call it for that reason, but, you know, Nas is a guy that's competitive and, and, uh, whether he sold that call or not, you can look at the video and the stick is in his waist and that's why he loses the puck. Uh, I think it's unfortunate and I think it's, it's time for, you know, sometimes it's time for players to step up and, and, and speak our truth. Cause you know, I'm the one that looking like an idiot for getting thrown out of the game, even though I'm just, you know, just being honest. And I guess TJ didn't like that. I said he had a tough night, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's the way it is. Anyways, Peter, go ahead. And then this follow up. I like that. So, yeah, I mean, we were just yelling from the bench, and I wasn't happy with him, and I guess I hurt his feelings, and unfortunately, you know, <laughs> that's fine. He can kick me out. That's that's that's, that's his. the line there. I guess I hurt his feelings. You know what? Um, he might he might be right. He might be a hundred percent right. I got to call out Gabe here, and oh. I and yep, and I got to call out the rest of the NHL players. Stop complaining when I bring you a meal prepared the way you asked for it. What what do you want? What do you want, Gabe? You you uh, no 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 no. What do you, what do you want? You want a penalty? You want a penalty called on Nino? Yeah. Or do you want the refs to let you play? You're talking out of both no. sides of your mouth. No 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 no. He's no, absolutely no, no, talking out of no, both no, sides no, no, of his no. mouth. No, he's asking call the game as how we're playing it. You know, he's saying okay, so if you're calling the game one way the whole game, fifty minutes, you know, we're le- you're letting everybody play, and then you call a penalty on Nas. And then there's another penalty on the other, other end. You can't go back to, hey, we're letting them play. Pick one. He's asking the rest to pick one. If you're if you're in this moment, you're calling penalties. So the Nas penalty should have never if, been a penalty. If, if the Nas penalty is a penalty in that moment, then, then the other right. one's yeah, a penalty. Yeah, yeah. If okay. the Nas penalty isn't a penalty, then the other one's not a penalty. You just call it how, how you're going to call it so <laughs> okay. we know how to play. That's, the, that's okay. all players want to know. That's how do fair. I play this game tonight? That's fair. And the refs are so damn confusing and they're so arbitrary with when they're going to call their whatever they want to call that the guys on the ice don't know how to play the game. And yeah, what? I just want to say how much I appreciated how you, even though you were conceding Jesse's point a little bit, I do appreciate how you went after Gabriel Anascock there. And that really got my attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, no, no. Because, what way do you want it, Gabe? No, no, no. I don't know. That, that's a prevalent, that's a prevalent feeling in hockey. Right, and, right. Um, you know, you know. Uh, hey, why is the steak medium rare? You asked for medium rare. <laughs> you, you make it yourself then. Like what? <laughs> what do you not, want? No, no. I don't think this is the moment to go players, after. <laughs> they no. If this is the game, no, because I'm sick of hearing that from players. Oh my no, god. No, they call it the way that we want it. All right, well then you want a shitty game. Like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but no, I agree. He's asking for consistency. Consistency is a big issue and he's right. And this goes back to another thing that I have talked about, uh, in recent memory. Um, did, did you see the video where the ref is, he's on the mic and he's announcing a penalty and mm-hmm. the players chirping at him he says, and he goes, shut, shut the, the fuck up like, yeah. right into the mic. Oh yeah. For the whole arena to hear. And then it, it, he cut the mic cuts when he gets to fuck and the U is like yeah. off mic, but yeah. He says it. And, and uh, producer Drew and I had a conversation 
um, that was, I was like, the ref should absolutely not be able to speak to a player like that. And he's like, well, the player's speaking to him like that. Mm -hmm. So if he's going to get it, he's got to be able to, able to give it. Mm -hmm. Here's my argument. Neither should be able to do it. Mm -hmm. How are players, like, again, please act like a league. How are players able to go, that's a stupid fucking call. You fucked us there. Mm -hmm. How are players able to do that? And then the ref is able to go, fuck you, go sit on the bench. The, I, I still can't get over that footage years ago from HBO 24-7. It was uh, Dion Phaneuf arguing with Harry Zolnerchuk, and the ref said, fuck both you guys, you're going to the box. One of them is the team's captain. Fuck both you guys? Can we please act like there's any kind of professional conduct? And the reason I'm saying that is because feelings get hurt, mm -hmm. as Gabe said. <laughs> feelings get hurt, and then guys get kicked out of games. And then this this uh, you know case of hurt feelings is going to cost Gabriel Landeskog twenty five grand. Yeah, and then the the case of hurt feelings is costing them points in the standings. Points and it could in cost the you playoff games, like all yeah, of it. And if I don't, if you did any lip reading of Matthews after the game, like how many <laughs> f bombs were dropped in the span of like five seconds at that referee? And I think I mean it, a it's warranted. B it's crazy he's allowed to do. You that. I, I don't know. Like do you, so. Is there a new mandate where you can't just fucking go at guys all the time back and forth? Like, I think that's the relationship that NHL referees have maintained with the players. They know them on a first name basis. They all swear at each other back and forth. Are we telling Are we telling the guys you can't do this anymore? This is why, like, we I don't talk know. about the different aspects of hockey culture being kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. It's, dude, like, and like, how do you put that genie back in the box? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's it's so far gone down the road that you can't just be like, hey. Nobody tell a ref to fuck off. They'll learn. Well, and here's the thing. No, they won't. Because they'll change the rule potentially. Like, let's let's fantasy scenario. They'll change the rule. You're not allowed to swear at the refs. By Christmas, they'll be telling, you know, go set yourself on fire. Like, because, <laughs> yeah. because they never stick to anything. I know. By the way, uh, oh, yeah, we're cracking out on cross checks. The Leafs, Justin Hall. Leafs Coyotes game. Give me a fucking break. They are not. No. Give me a Here's fucking the thing. break. We, actually, we, we can't find a coffee sponsor for these guys. Wake up. I think. Wake up. Okay. Holy shit. Don't give me your one-liners. Oh, I like it. I like they're your one-liners. They're, they're terrible. You need some soldiers, referees. Hey. <laughs> listen. When listen. was the last time you saw an espresso? An espresso. <laughs> listen. Uh, the, the players and the refs, I think they should be kind to each other. I'm beholden to no such thing. You do a terrible fucking job and make the game worse. I don't mind the players and refs swearing at each other. What mm -hmm. I do want to say is... By the I, way, why, do, why don't Toronto <laughs> draw any penalties? Because assholes Did you like want to say something Sorry, Adam, Nothing. <laughs> I think Steve... 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 <laughs> Does this bother you? Yeah. Let me enjoy <laughs> hockey for the love of fucking God. Mm -hmm. I'm just... This is a part of hockey. That's, you got to accept it. You know, I, I do have to tell you, and this is a day that we can all look forward to because it'll happen in our lifetime. No, it won't. Gary Bettman will eventually retire. Mm. And when that happens, you're going to see a very, a very Gary different... Gary Bettman protege step into his seat. A very different NHL. You are going to see a very different NHL because I think I think the NHL is so... He's so... Uh, there's parts of this NHL that are so Gary that... Only Gary could keep them that way. Mm -hmm. And and so when that day inevitably comes, and I don't know what it's going to be, I think it needs to be, uh, in fact, if we're going to backdate it, I think it should have been around the Kyle Beach situation and the way Gary handled that. Um, but once that day comes, 
I think a lot of the complaints that you have mm -hmm. are a lot of the complaints that the players have, the agents have, the coaches have, the GMs have, the presidents have. You know, they have a, the rule in the NHL where if you want to bitch about a call, mm -hmm. you can't call the commissioner's office the next day. You have to wait a full 24 hours until you can call, which means if the game happens at 7 and the call happens at 9 p.m., well, you can't call till 9 p.m. the next night, which means you're not calling till the very next morning. So it's really a 36-hour rule. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. a that's an actual rule. It's called the cooldown. Wow. It's like the cooldown rule or something. And if you don't, you don't follow that, you can be fined for it. Oh, wow. And uh, and so, um, you know, things like that, that's a Gary Bettman thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear your bullshit. I'm Gary Bettman. So and it'll it'll get better once I think I, I absolutely I think it will. I mean, you look at, okay, the MLB is a terrible example, mm -hmm. but it's still a lot better than under Bud Selig. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Don't you think? I, Rob Manfred and Bud Seeley went to the same school. They're both shit. I mean, yeah, Adam, fuck here's, here's what I'm getting to. You think it'll be better once Gary's gone? Like, can you explain the reasons for your baseless faith? I think, I think, well, I think the way baseball's marketed has, has changed. I think the way that we consume baseball has changed. Like, they have changed things. That under Bud Seeley, well, that's not what we yeah. did 100 years ago, so why wouldn't I, I think do that now? I think what you're looking for is David Stern and Adam Silver. Yes. You and know? I think that's... I don't think it's going to be as good as Adam Silver, but I do think it's going to be a lot better mm. once once Gary is not here. And a lot of the problems, including the referee thing, are going to change. Now, I would say, you're, you're, at, you're probably going to ask the question, how do we change this now? How do we fix the referee situation now? There is one city in this NHL ecosystem that can change this. What city can change? What city can change this forever today? This one. Toronto. Not Toronto. The Definitely six. not Certainly Toronto. not Toronto. Like, if it was Toronto, we would have changed it. <laughs> Who would it be? N New York. Why do you think New York? Because that's where the headquarters are. Okay, Jesse, what about you? Why not Toronto? Also, Because Toronto would have changed it already. Arizona. Because the NHL loves Arizona more than anything in the world. The real answer is Vegas. And that is because the NHL oh. is bet on now. Oh. And it is officially sanctioned by the NHL. And NHL players like Austin Matthews signing up with Bet99. And uh, 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 Connor McDavid signing up with BetMGM. And, and it's going to happen more and more and more and more. If you can't prove to me that your league is refed properly, then it kind of throws the odds, doesn't it? Which brings down the amount of people who actually want to bet on the game in the first place, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's why the NBA, after the what was his name, the 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 guy that the scandal, there was a uh, scandal. What was his Tim name? Donaghy? Tim, Tim Donahue. Tim Donahue. If Tim Donahue's if the Tim Donahue situation had never happened, the NBA would not be as accountable referee wise as it is now. And I don't want the NHL to have to go to a situation where a guy is literally betting on games before we can get the kind of accountability that we need. However, if Vegas, if the major sports books in Vegas push this, the NHL will have no choice. Betting is going to keep... You have no idea the amount of money that, that flows into the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, uh, UFC, all the sports that you watch. Run on gaming. Run on... The broadcasters that you watch run on gaming money. Mm -hmm. So if that money goes away, the NHL is fucked. Fuck your TV deal. Fuck your bread sponsorships. <laughs> Fuck your Tim Horton sponsorship. None of it matters. I just... The money is in the gaming. And if the gaming does not support the NHL, they got to change the way they do it. Adam, bless your optimism. As a life rule for me right now, I'm done putting my faith in people who don't deserve it. Okay. 
<laughs> I I I hope I hope it gets better. I do, but for now, Bart, <laughs> continue to be an unending disappointment. You shambolic hunk of shit league. How dare I you? I think there's I think there's a lot of credence to you. Got to clean up stuff if people start complaining about the games not being uh, refed to the standard of being able to wager on games because then you get into trouble. Now you know you can't be in trouble with the sports books. So Jesse, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, I'd like you actually not to talk to you. I'd like you to play mm-hmm. the clip I sent you. Mm-hmm. This is Jack Eichel after oh. the game in Buffalo last night. And this is the kind of NHL theater that I love. Yeah. Oh, you want me to play it? Yeah, play it. Oh. Good thing it's over. You got through that yeah, I'm pretty happy it's over. Let's move on. Were you surprised at the level of the intensity of the crowd? The That's about the loudest I've heard this place ever. <laughs> <laughs> Really, after after uh, it only took seven years and me leaving for them to uh, get into the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was mixed. Uh, you know, it was a nice tribute, and uh, you know, um, there was plenty of people here that were supporting me, and there was plenty of people here that were booing me. So uh, they must just be booing me because they wish I was still here. I don't know. Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not the first kid to deal with it. So just move on, and uh, yeah, it was a tough game. You know, give them credit; they played hard. That's good. And he's yeah, that's good shit. He said it's the loudest he's heard the building. Mm-hmm. He's since he's ever played there. Now, Buffalo Sabres fans, we got to talk. That's not true. The Leafs winning it in overtime. There were a lot of home. That fans. was yeah, 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 yeah. No, we we Buffalo Sabres fans, we got to talk. You guys saw it last night with the uh, the the video, right? The video tribute that he had, and you saw the yeah. you saw you heard the audio, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Faisal Kamiza said this morning on on Sportsnet on the highlights, he's like, the script says there was cheers, but I only hear booze. Oh, now, I to me, I think it was mixed in the in in the mm-hmm. in the arena, but booze always sound louder anyway. Yeah, because it's the lower end of your voice. But there was a lot of booze. It was seventy thirty. I don't know that it was seventy thirty. I think we're more like fifty five forty five. Oh, you thought it was closer? Yeah. I thought it was real close. Yeah. I, in, in terms of booze? Yeah, booze 70% booze? Yeah. Oh, really? You thought it was that? Well, yeah. maybe. Maybe. But it was a lot of booze, Jesse. Yeah. I agree with you they there. They did the video tribute very well because it wasn't the team essentially thanking him. It was the hospitals and the charities and the communities that he worked with doing the thank you messages. So it I'm was gonna, very good. So I want to talk to the fans that booed, and I want to talk to the Sabres organization for a second because both of you are, are, are in trouble. Both of you are grounded. <laughs> I saw signs on the ice and we, we saw it in the morning highlights too um, one of them said right on the ice right where he was warming up thanks for nothing Jack saw some people who said nice, nice things and forever Jack Eichel fans and all that stuff in Buffalo so I want to acknowledge that there are good Buffalo Sabres fans and then there are these people for those of you that boot I want I want you I want to remind you of something Jack Eichel left the Buffalo Sabres and is not their captain and is not their number one center anymore because the Sabres refused his request to do what he wanted with his body. The Sabres exercised their right, and they said, we would prefer that you fuse two discs in your neck together because we just don't know about this new surgery. Now, he was... Let's rewind a little bit for Jack Eichel. Thanks for nothing, quote-unquote Jack Eichel. Need I remind you that he was drafted to a team that intentionally tanked in the worst way was historically one of the worst NHL teams, not an expansion team, one of the worst non-expansion seasons we've ever seen to get somebody not named Jack Eichel. And they weren't alone in that journey, but they were sure the best at it. Do you remember the, do you remember the look on Tim Murray's face, general manager at the time, when he found out he would only get generational center Jack Eichel 
not Connor McDavid. Jack Eichel are the two most devastating words he's ever heard. <laughs> Do you remember Tim Murray's quote directly after? No. I'm disappointed for our fans. Is that what he said? When he didn't get the first overall pick, the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres looked morose and said, I can't hide it. I'm disappointed for our fans. The week leading up to that draft lottery, which is the one before Austin Matthews, which you were there for, Steve. I was. He said this about Connor McDavid. I watch him too much, and I think too much about him. I wish I could help myself. That's what Jack Eichel walked into. So before his draft day, Jack Eichel knows he'll never be Connor McDavid. Now let's run down some stats. His career in Buffalo, 355 points in 375 games. 139 of those are goals. He is the team captain at 22. He involves himself in the community, as we saw last night when they thanked him with the video. Mm -hmm. And he commits to the team long term. And this is a team that, while he played for them, never finished higher than third last in the division. <laughs> they finished last or second last in the division four of the six seasons he was with them. Jack led the team in scoring four of those six seasons. And the only reason he didn't on the other two seasons is he was a rookie or he was injured. Remember, one of those teams was Ryan O'Reilly saying he lost his passion for the game of hockey. He was traded, and then he won a cup with the Blues. And Conn Smythe. And Conn Smythe. Yeah, that's right. Most valuable player in the playoffs. No passion. The Sabres have had nine general managers in their 40-plus year history, which is impressively low. Impressively yeah. low. Yeah. Jack played for three of them in six seasons. <laughs> that's wild. He had four coaches in six seasons. Four coaches in six seasons. One of them was Ralph Kruger, who wasn't even coaching hockey when they hired him. No, they liked him. Though. He was coaching soccer, and they brought him in because they thought he was a good guy and a good motivator. I'm sorry, he's a good guy? Ted Lasso. Disastrous. And the only other Believe. season that Ralph Kruger had coached in the NHL was with the disastrous Edmonton Oilers. And that season was a disaster. He was on the NHL All-Rookie team. Went to three All-Star games, runner-up for the Calder. Only three? Only three. Wow. I know, it's crazy, right? And um, after all that, the Sabres say, no, sorry, you can't get the next surgery you want. You're going to have to do it the way we want. Now, an organization run that poorly can't even get out of the basement of their own division four out of six years. Are you going to trust your medical information and take advice from them? I wouldn't no. trust the Buffalo Sabres with a coffee run. They couldn't even get two sugars. That's a lot of sugar. It's too much. Yeah. So you couldn't get one spicy sugar. Even. You know, I would say two Splendas then. If we're going to be healthy about Spice. this. Yeah. An organization that runs this poorly asks you to permanently change your neck for the rest of your life. You're telling me you'd say yes? Now the Pagulas, Sabres management, past and present, and Sabres fans who booed last night in that building or at home, you should be embarrassed. Why would anybody come to play for you after you treat the best Sabre since Dominic Hasek like that? Why would anybody want to sign there? Unless they absolutely fucking had to. I can't find a job anywhere else. I guess I got to be a Sabre, Taylor Hall. Mm. I blew my long-term deal with another contract, my long-term deal with another team, so I got to sign and be a Sabre, Taylor Hall. That's what happened with Peyton Taylor Krebs Hall. says hello. Oh, listen, <laughs> Peyton Krebs was, was traded there. Yeah, Peyton but he, he, wanted, he wanted to go to Buffalo. That's the thing. 
Anyway. Listen. Are you, wait, are you t- talking about Alex Tuck? Sorry, Alex, Alex Tuck. Tuck. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Alex he Tuck. did? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he grew up there, didn't he? Rochester? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, My it's bad. not Alex Tuck. It's not Jack's fault that the Sabres ownership group did not care when he was there. Just like, and by the way, I'm calling out Leaf fans who were booing Phil Kessel last night. It's not Phil Kessel's fault that Leafs ownership did not care while he was here. Also, still? Yeah, I know. I know. Still? Show Jack Eichel some respect. For some reason, this guy was willing to get married to you, and you drove him off anyway. Now, Eight-year contract, and you drove him out of town. Some people are like, well, he wanted out long before the next surgery. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? They, they've gotten rid of everybody. And the only reason I've been positive with the Buffalo Sabres this season is because the bar is you're being nice. so low. I am. I'm being nice. I'm moving the goalposts. You're being for nice you. to the good Sabres fans, of which are the, they are the majority. You're shooting into a soccer net here. And sometimes it still goes wide. They're uh, under 25th in the NHL and have been for most of the season. But because they're ranked. Most of the decade, Steve. But because their rank in the league this season doesn't start with a three, I've considered it to be a positive. The bar is still way too low for this organization. They're making some moves in the right direction. Um, but I tell you what would uh, probably help right now, having a guy like Jack Eichel. It's amazing how you could build around a franchise centerman. What can happen in a couple of years? Yeah, I'm sure he has his faults, and I'm having a hard time blaming him for having them. So to the Pagula management group, past and present, to the Sabres fans that booed last night, just the ones that booed, the ones that cheered, you get it. Good luck with your rebuild. It's going to be long and painful. You deserve every minute of it. Wow. To the fans that showed the support, you're lovely. You don't deserve this. You deserve way better than this, and you know that. Some bullshit thrown at Jack Eichel last night. Bullshit. Said my piece. Got a lot of faith in Devin Levi. I hope they don't ruin him. Listen, I think that I think the Eichel trade has worked out pretty well for them. Of course. Yeah. So far, yeah. It's look good. Tuck's been good. Yeah. How do you boo the owners? Like, how do you go to a Well, they don't go arena? to the game, so you can't. Yeah. You, be, you can't you, really do And it. the Bills are Bills have made a resurgence, right? So you're not gonna boo them at the Bills game. Right. No, <laughs> no Bills it's, are all. I, I feel like I feel like the way they looked at uh Eichel in the McDavid Eichel draft is the way Sabres ownership looks at the Sabres. <laughs> you're, you're the ugly duckling. You're the other team. You're not Connor McDavid, which in this case is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I thought it was important to bring that Tim Murray quote up because I don't think at the time we talked about it on the show. People said we made too much of it. I don't think we said it enough. I don't think enough was said. And well, this guy came in and got involved in the community. Yeah. Wore the C at 22, signed it for 10 years. Or sorry, eight, eight years, years, 10 million. What more do you want from this guy? All right. I mean, play play goal. <laughs> play play every position. Um, like, dude, Sam Reinhardt's gone. Rasmus Ristolainen's gone. Like, you don't hear a ton of players leave that situation and go, "Well, actually, it was great." It wasn't. Um, speaking of former teammate of Jack Eichel. Steve's favorite general manager, favorite, oh, favorite 
general Bless manager, um, Chuck Fletcher, loaded up the money cannon and fired oh, yeah. it right in Erasmus Ristolainen's checking account last night. Just a money arsonist. Five years, $5 million. And I just, before we get into letting Steve go off on this. He's a treasure. Rasmus Ristolainen's projected wins above replacement is 1%. Yeah, he's in the bottom 1% of that players mean? in the league. That means he's he's among the <laughs> the least effective players in the league by any metric. <laughs> so here's the funny part. Darren Drager said, some wondering if Risto extension opens the door for a Travis Sanheim trade, either before the deadline or in the offseason. He'd be pretty high on a few teams' list. Left shot, $4.675 million cap hit. Travis Sanheim's projected wins above replacement is 94% for less money. It's weird because uh, Risto plays on the other side, so I don't know why you would trade a lefty. Why you? Why the right D signing I mean, opens up a, Chuck a, Fletcher a team. space on the left side? Like that doesn't really make sense. It's a Chuck Fletcher team. The the <laughs> funny thing is, Jay Fresh wrote this, and I love this. He said, "With a gap between underlying numbers and reputation slash market value, like Ristolainen has, and he does, he has talent. The eye test. Yeah. He said, you typically expect to see some quote stuff in the microstat mm -hmm. that says this is what he does on the ice." He said, that's not the case here. He's big and he shoots the puck. Yeah. He has talent. He, we far too often have the conversation, should, should this defenseman be moved forward? It was oh, really in yeah. style a few years ago. It's sort of gone away. Uh, legit. I think it might be a good idea here. But again, I think that ship has sailed. Earlier in his career, like there's, there's some Brent Burns action that could have happened there. Or I guess the opposite. Yeah, of why not? Burns. I mean, it worked out great for Brent Burns. Yeah. I remember I used to Who draft Brent Burns. Horrible at defense. But. I used to draft Brent Burns in my fantasy, like in the NHL games, and he was still playing forward when I first started drafting. Remember because so his, his like projected was super high. Yeah, him and Sean Avery were like a ninety-five. I'm old enough to remember. Uh, What's, when Brent him, Burns was a Brent forward. Burns I almost called him Tim Brent. Yeah, Brent Burns <laughs> played Risto, as a forward. Risto, when he was with Buffalo, he was uh like he put up a point every half game. You know, a half game a point. I don't know how to phrase that, but he put up at least forty one points in one, two, three, four seasons with Buffalo. It's not bad. You get some points out of your defenseman. That's good. He's eighth overall pick. You know, you expect him to do some damage in the NHL, but like. His his offense has fallen off a little. Like he's not putting up forty one points anymore. And the defense. Well, the Flyers never, have been bad. Yeah, the Flyers have been bad, and the defense has never been there. I don't know how you justify giving him five million dollars. Uh, because he scores despite getting outscored when he's on the ice. Hmm. He puts up points, you know. But he doesn't do that anymore, consistently. Oh yeah, but, but he's he done it in the past. Yeah, oh, he did. Yeah, he ago. once did. Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what would let's play a game called What Would Chuck Fletcher Do If His Last Name Wasn't Fletcher? What what I'm gonna go oh, Are you saying he's a nepotism kid? Absolutely. Dude, he's terrible. Objectively terrible. I can tell you he wouldn't be he wouldn't be NHL general manager. Hmm. I'm sure he's got some sort of acumen. He could be working in the league to some degree. Uh like most GMs have something shiny mm -hmm. in their uh, track record. Well, here's the track record. Lost in the conference quarterfinals, 12-13, 13-14. Uh, lost in the second round, 14-15. Uh, lost in the second round, 
the next three years, lost in the first round. He made the playoffs like six, seven years in a row with the Wild. Yeah, by spending $196 million. On two players. Man, how did, how did he do it? Fucking give me a give me two hundred million dollars to spend. I'll get you in the playoffs and disappoint you once you get there. Like I could well, disappoint oh, you no, a lot less. He's special though. He's real special. Like yeah, he deserves one of thirty two jobs in the world for sure. For sure, based on that, they, they won two playoff rounds after spending all that money. Are you joking? <laughs> like I know I cheer for the Leafs, but. but uh, I don't know if you've listened at, at all, but we're not exactly happy about it. Um, he's terrible. He's real bad. And I don't know why the Flyers thought he was the answer. And he's doing even worse than I suspected he would. Did you know Chuck Fletcher was an assistant general manager with Florida when he was 25 years old? That's when he got his first job in hockey. Man, what a prodigy. <laughs> he went from AGM in Florida from 25 <laughs> to 34. What? Adam, 25. Oh, that's special. <laughs> let me, let that's me. unusual, Adam. Mm-hmm. That's special talent. Jesse, continue. What a prodigy. Here, tell me more about this wunderkind. <laughs> I'll give you Chuck Fletcher. I'll, I'm going to give you his resume. Of where, why, why he is where he is right now and how he got there. Mm. Chuck Fletcher's career. This is from Cap Friendly, who Cap is Friendly. amazing. Like, yeah. They're borderline... FBI investigations. This crazy. is his staff history, according to, to uh, Cap Friendly. AGM in Florida, 93 to 2001. That's age 25 to 34. So the age I'm about to turn. Yeah. <laughs> Went to Florida as their interim, well, stayed with Florida as their interim general manager. Uh, he did that for a couple months. And then he went over to the Anaheim Ducks, where he was also their AGM. When, from- when was he AGM with the Ducks? 2002 to 2006. Oh, they won after he left. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2002 to 2006. He was the AGM and director of hockey operations. Then he moves over to Pittsburgh, where he's also the AGM. 2006 to 2009. So <laughs> he would have got his cup then. Uh, no. Yes, he would have got his cup. 2000, May 21st, 2009 is when he leaves AGM. So what? he leaves right before the playoff oh, run because he gets hired. Oh, 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 no. He gets hired in Minnesota to be the GM. Okay. So in he May probably, of 2009. So they probably give him a ring. They probably put his name on the cup. Yes. 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 That sucks. Wow, though. But that's, that sucks. that's the that's the first Crosby one. And yeah, he missed out on the playoff run because he went over and he took the Minnesota job as general manager, which you can't blame him for. Steve. No, 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 no. no. Steve, you're going real hard at Chuck Fletcher right now. Yeah, so, he's bad. Your favorite part of his career from 2009 to 2018, he is general manager of the Minnesota Wild. And they make the playoffs. Does that for eight years. Very successful there in Minnesota, yeah, but they can't get over the hump. No, he wasn't. Very successful in making the playoffs. Success is getting over the hump. Are the least successful? No, no. Couldn't get over the hump. Moves over to New Jersey briefly. Senior advisor to the general manager. Did a little advising in the meantime after he got fired from Minnesota. That's just... That's just... And then that's he leaves. just hockey dudes money laundering. Like, yeah, that's here, literally. here's a job. You're here's out of a gig work. between jobs. Literally, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and he leaves his advising job in New Jersey to go be general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, executive vice president, and now pr- president of hockey operations. So he has those three titles. Uh, actually, he let he took the they took away the executive vice president. He's now just president of hockey ops and general manager of Philadelphia Flyers from 2018 to present. Wunderkind. What what do you what stands out on that resume? Um 
teams win as soon as he leaves. Um, He's worked in hockey for over 25 years of his life. Definitely earned some stripes. If you say so. That's a long time to be doing a <laughs> Jesse, job Jesse. in a business. I've tried 32. to. You're trying to you're, Jesse's pulling. I've, I've tried to. Because he's, he's 32 of these gigs. Uh-huh. And he deserves one? He's worked a long time. He knows a thing or two about hockey. Jesse. Yeah. Working a long time qualifies you for nothing. You don't see. It some just ac- means you've been alive for a while. You don't see some accomplishments in that resume. Yeah, but they were a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say he was a big part of that Penguins Cup uh, in two thousand nine. Which you know, fair, mm-hmm. fair. Uh, they were hot garbage. Got Sidney Crosby and Malkin and Jordan Stahl and Marc Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. So he probably helped them with the let's be bad for a bit part. Um, and that, but then as AGM, you can't deny that his fingerprints are all over that championship team. That was 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. That was 13 years ago. There's 32 of these jobs. He did a bad job in Minnesota and he's doing a bad job in Philadelphia. I don't, understand with him how many teams how many teams have more than one person in the front office who would do a better job than chuck fletcher i don't have that answer for you he's he's not great at this he's not good at this gig his like, draft record is decent yeah 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 who's he got uh a lot all the big minnesota guys Kaprizov. Well, I hope so. He was there forever. <laughs> Capo, Grandland, Dumba, Zucker, Greenway. Um, I'm just scrolling. Nick Letty, Brodeen, Alex Tuck, Arison Eck. He has he has a Carson Stussy. Like I can keep running. Darcy Kemper. Pretty good at drafting. There's a couple good names in there. I think almost every GM that you pull up, you'd be like, oh, look, there's some good players. I, I'm cheating because he's been doing this for eight years. You know, you're going to, if you draft 100 guys over eight years, you're going to get hit, some yeah. guys. Yeah. You think. Unless you're the Leafs in the early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> and then you will not get some guys. Right, right. But I, 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 I don't see. Know. So, Jess, so, Steve, you're saying that objectively, given the resume, that he's about as about, about as, as it can get. I think the His only person, half. I think the only person who's probably worse in my estimation, and again, I, I we're grading on a scale here. The guy's still a GM, still had teams in the playoffs, still drafted great guys like Kaprizov and crazy stuff. But like the only person who was worse than him is the guy that replaced him in Minnesota, which is Paul Fenton, who was a former Flyers GM. I don't know how they keep trading people back and forth. It's and I feel bad for Philly fans, honestly, because I think listen, Rasmus Ristolainen has value as an NHL player. Just not where they keep putting him. Yeah, not at that number. Defense? <laughs> well, I mean, no. If you put him... Okay, if Rasmus is you're line, right. If he's in your top four, and he's four of four, and he's paid <sighs> still $3 not, million. Dollars, it's not good, man. It's not good. It's not good. You said it a few months ago. They traded Gostaspare to make room for Finnish Gostaspare. And Gostaspare is having a better year! Ah! 
And like, how much better are the Flyers than the Coyotes, really? Not much. Not much. Not much. Uh, better run. It's a better business model. Having <laughs> having eighteen thousand fans in the arena every night helps. Yeah, better business model. Um, oh man, I would like to congratulate Chuck Fletcher on the genius business decision to place the Flyers in Philadelphia. <laughs> I what I what I think will be interesting is the Claude Giroux situation. I think we will see, we will truly see, because the Rasmus Ristolainen signing is not good, guys. It's just not. Right. It's just not. Not a good signing. Shouldn't have done it. The next GM is going to have to mop that up. There, there's, I, sorry, go ahead. But what I'm going to say is the Claude Giroux situation, then you t- take over after that, is when they trade Claude Giroux, that to me is going to be, where where is Chuck Fletcher really in terms of how you rank a general manager? If he's able to get some good pieces back, like, I have to be honest with you. Kevin Adams sort of surprised me with what he could get for Jack Eichel. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. So if if you get a return that's, I guess, you know, Giroux's a little bit older and a little bit less good than Eichel right now, potentially. If you trade Giroux and you get something comparable, then I'm going to go, okay. Chuck Fletcher's off notice. But right now he's on notice. This team sucks. They don't, they don't play like the Philadelphia Flyers play. The Flyers have a brand... And a brand is a promise continually kept. They have not kept that promise for like five years. Well, and here's the thing. There was pressure heading into the season, um, which is why he made the moves that he did. You know, uh, Ellis and Ristolainen and Goss to spare. There was pressure, mm-hmm. which means he doesn't make good trades under pressure. At this deadline, there is a pressure to sell and to get the maximum that he can for Drew. And I can't wait to see how it goes. Um... Here, I'm really good at impressions. Um, you want me to? Uh, uh, you you do a show with Alan Walsh. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know a little bit about like the ins and outs of being an agent in a little the bit. NHL. So here's my impression um, of uh, of a good agent every summer. Hi, is Chuck there? If you want to get the max for your client, you call up old Chuck Fletcher of the Philadelphia Flyers. You're gonna get the most. And is he okay? Is he top half of the league in trades? Is he top half of the league in free agent signings? No. Okay. Like, he's he's a lot of bad GMs in recent memory. Can draft. Hmm. Well, Benning could draft. If you're general manager and the only thing you're good at is drafting, I got news for you. You have the wrong role. You're a scout. You're the head scout. <laughs> you have the wrong role. Jim Benning. Look at, he found this guy. This guy. Yeah. Everything else was hot shit. Mm-hmm. And a and good he, GM. Hires a good scout. A good GM has to negotiate with free agents, has to make good trades. And he held on to that job for seven years. Can I give you Chuck Fletcher's last four trades? I mean, Jesse laughed. This is probably a bad start, right? <laughs> it's Voracek for Cam Atkinson. It's Robert Haig, a first and a second for Rasmus Ristolainen. Oh. Gosh. It's... Shane Goss bear a second, a seventh for future consideration. Oh, it's Ryan Ellis for uh, Philippe Meyer and Nolan Patrick. Those are his last four trades. Those are disgustingly bad. Bro, that's rough. Does he win any of those? No, I don't think so. You're I guess the Voracek Atkinson deal. Mm, I mean, Atkinson's good, but Voracek yeah. is good. He Voracek's got, had a great he year. Saves yeah, three he got money off the, the books there. Yeah, yeah. He, so yeah. that was. He got value for value. But like Ryan Ellis yeah. hasn't played this year. 
You know, and you trade away Norm Noel Badger. And and he gets zero sympathy for that. Ellis obviously gets sympathy for that. But Chuck Fletcher, like, oh, man, I traded for this guy and he's not in the lineup. That was always a risk right. when it came to him, bro. The like, first yeah. last year that you gave up for a risk to line in, like, how do you justify that? You can't. You justify that by you thought you were going to be good. Yeah. And you super were not. And then you paid a second to dump Shane Goss's bear. And you got you got nothing back. I don't know what the fu the future considerations haven't turned into anything, according to Cap Friendly. Uh, it's often nothing. It could be something. I don't know. Yeah. So. Okay. Not good. Listen. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't get to have a dream job when all you create is nightmares. <laughs> okay. I think that's a good way to. Wow. Holy moly. All right. Let's do the press conference.